0: Hello, Rock community. I'm Emily Foreman, your host for the Rockcast podcast, All Things Rock and Spark Development Network. And I have here John Edmiston and Nick Erdo, and we are going to talk rock today. Let's start with where we are, what's
1: been released so far, and what that means. At this point, we have released version 13.2, and it's quieted down quite a bit. So for 13.3 has a few... Tiny changes in it, but we don't have an ETA on thirteen point three. We'll just have to wait and see, like kind of we always do. As more churches come on board, Rock, they might uncover something that we haven't seen, and then we'll release thirteen three.
0: Great, and we're still trucking on a different type of release pattern in general, right? Like a little bit faster on our major releases. That was our.
2: That's the goal. goal.
0: That's the goal. Yeah, that yeah. is the goal.
2: I think we're making good progress on that.
0: I thought I had heard that. Great. Yeah. Good. Well, um, what else are we working on?
2: Well, we are working on new features for 14, and that's making some good progress. So, um, digital signatures is now done for workflows, and it's nearly done for event registration. Um, coding process is done. Now we're just going through the QA and, and a little bit of UI cleanup. So, that's pretty good, big news. That's a very hard feature. Um, so, we're just doing some last minute kind of like polishing on that feature. Moving on to the person profile redesign, which again is going to be a little harder than it probably looks. It's not just about rearranging some CSS styles. It's Mm -hmm. like a complete refresh of the person profile page. And I think right now we're just trying to understand how is the best way to roll that change out in a way that, I mean, it's a pretty disruptive change in a good way, but we know a lot of people have also customized their person profile pages. So it's a little hard to move all the cheese around and not, upset anybody so we're trying to think through on a strategy of that we have some ideas um but definitely i think we want to also help people try to clean up some of their badges through that process Mm. i think over the years people's badge markups are quite um uh different and distinct and trying to Mm -hmm. create some standards or standards around that i think would be helpful so we have some work to do around that just trying to create maybe some guidelines for markup that will help us in the future if we ever want to do something like this again but if you've created a lot of badges you might put that in the back of your mind that you might have some work to do when 14 rolls out to get your badges kind of re re um working trying to shrink maybe the overall size of each badge so Mm -hmm. we can people can fit a little bit more on there um it's kind of cool to see how many people have made custom badges Mm -hmm. but i've also seen a lot of people who have had too many badges in the badge bar and it you know, if you start to shrink it down a bit, it has some responsive issues um, in their environments. So, you know, we're trying to take all that into account. Um, also, looking at the personalization, and we're doing a lot of work on that, a lot of prototyping. Um, and, and I think the difficult thing is we can't just do the 14.0 features for, for um, personalization without looking further down the road because there's some other things we wanna do with personalization, like a third stage of personalization. And we're actually working with some churches on that, on their websites. Um, So we wanna roll back some of those features in, at least with the direction of where we're going with 14. So that personalization feature, if I had to explain it maybe better, would be that, hey, we had some ideas and those ideas are good and and are gonna stay, but now seeing some of the stuff that we want to go to in like maybe 15, 16, it's having us reengineer some of the stuff in 14 to prepare for those things, mm-hmm. but it's going to be some really cool stuff. You're going to be able to do some really neat things with content, and it's going to be very flexible in terms of search and filtering and personalization and um, it's going to be really fast.
0: Like, oh that's exciting.
2: yeah we're not just we're, we're not just going down the standard path of like, okay well, what can we do in SQL? like SQL got booted out the door like. <laughs> A long time ago, in terms of how we're going to do that technology, and um, we've done some prototypes, and it's really fast, and, and so far it looks really cool in terms of how you can make it really extensible about all that content. So, you know, I would encourage you guys just to keep looking at your content, trying to get as much of it into Rock as possible, um, and then there's going to be some new features about how you can join different types of content together to create maybe a content library and then how you can provide personalization and search and filtering across that, that library.
0: Wow, that is going to uh, scratch a lot of current itches out there, I think, when it comes to the desire to get more people engaged with more content that's very specific to what they need.
2: Yeah, and, and right now that, that feature set, if you didn't have a system like Rock, you can do some of it, most of it, mm-hmm. but you can't do it in one system. And the hardest part is the, the personalization because you have all your content filtering and search maybe in a different application, but you don't have any information about the person. Yep. And so being able to stitch that together um, is pretty cool and all in one place and then keep track of who's watching it and track the interactions. And I mean, that's another whole feature we, we need to come back to here soon is just um, some... Achievements, vision. maybe? Yeah, you could put achievements on that. Um, is to come back and create some... Analytics and some reporting around interactions. I mean, the data is all in there. You can do it today. Like, let's not say you can't do that. But how can we make that a little bit easier Mm -hmm. so you can see all that data Um, and then do some reporting across it? Because I think you know, if you think a little bit into the future, and maybe even now, you know, almost everybody's putting Google Analytics on their sites. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, you know, should we? Like, what value are we getting? for for google analytics yeah we get some great reporting like there is value there but is it worth trading in all that privacy and (laughs) all that data to google to say hey this is our site this is um you know christian traffic and is that a good thing and and is the trade worth it like Mm -hmm. in the past i think it was because it's like well the privacy you know they're only holding the data maybe like five, 10 years ago, they weren't really doing anything with the data. We were getting some value out of it. The tools weren't there. Well, now, if you just want to track interactions, you've had that in Rock from the beginning. It's been hard a little bit to report on that, but you could certainly make your own reports. Um, So now it's like, well, what is the real benefit? Um, And there still are some, but I'm not sure if I think I would say I'd have to convince myself to now use Google Analytics because of the privacy concerns and because of what's going on with that data. Mm-hmm. Some of it which we know and some of it which is not hard to infer. And um, I'm not sure I would want to trade that data right now, um, but I'd want to push to create some good reports. And uh, another project actually hasn't hit the roadmap talk but it is being developed right now is the ability to um, geocode those interactions by IP address. So we're writing in some extra properties onto the model to to hold that data, and we're writing in some service accounts that you can get. You're, unfortunately, it's paid, but it's pretty cheap. Yeah, But you can go get an account that would will send over the data, um, and it will geocode those IP addresses for you so you can start to see which regions those people are in. I mean, that's something you can do in, in Google Analytics. For example, right now, you can't do in Rock. Mm-hmm today you know that's interesting data but i don't think anybody's you know that data is not adding a diff another uh, soul to heaven right it's interesting to have though i mean there are some ministry decisions being made perhaps so that's why we want to go out and get it um but that's kind of a challenging project too we spend a lot of time trying to figure out like which service to go with evaluating those um uh so that's kind of exciting uh but I do think we should start, you know, proving to ourselves or validating to ourselves um, as data stewards of all these people who are in our database: is it worth the the risk or the the outcomes of of Google Analytics?
0: Yeah, that's a big topic of conversation. Yeah, it's really exciting to think about. We're talking about reports and we're talking about content, but if you look at what we're really talking about, we're talking about stewarding and shepherding the spiritual journey of thousands of people. Um, And it's just a really exciting thing to think about how these technology advances are going to make that so much easier for the individual um, and so much easier for the church to create and know the impact of what
2: they're creating. Yeah. And so if you're a church of maybe, let's (laughs) just say you're a church of a thousand, like on a weekend, so that's in our community that's probably on the smaller side, mm-hmm. but that's still a good sized church. so it, if you're a church of a thousand, that probably means you have probably like three to four thousand you know people who would call at home, so maybe three to four thousand people hit your website. Is it really worth going to three to four thousand people and saying, "I'm going to go tell you know Google you're a Christian and, right and that's going to affect your your algorithm all for the, the the little bit of reporting that you get? And I'm not saying we can just say get rid of all that reporting. Maybe we need to like work harder to get that inside of Rock, and maybe if people you know hear this and want to help fund that, that helps move the needle for us. We're gonna do it. It's just a matter of like how do we prioritize everything else mm-hmm. the community wants. It just I don't know. I just I, I'm not a conspiracy theory necessary, but and I in the past you know I was like well what's Google gonna do? But now it's you start <laughs> reading what's going on in the news and the media and in big tech firms, and it's kind of like. Well, why should I trust it? You mm-hmm. know, if it's just for these reports, so do I really want to look three to 4,000 people in the eye and say, yeah, I just told them? Because they're, for the most part, they're kind of naive to that. Like they don't think about that. And and maybe if you ask them, if you had a little pop up on your website, hey, do you mind if I share that you're a Christian at Google? Like they probably, most of them would probably say no, right? <laughs> Prefer not. <laughs> um, so that we can get some reports that, I mean, 99% of people have those reports. Don't ever look at them again, you know, or if they do, That's it's probably like true. once a year. And how can we give you the basics? We can never replace Google Analytics uh, full, full, full package, but we could probably give you the things that you really need to know, like traffic go per week um, by region mm-hmm. per certain parts of your page.
1: Yeah, top pages. We don't have that built in yet.
2: Yeah, but it'll be fairly simple and and the hearts the data is there like even like you know people want to search by the 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 uniform marketing codes we have all that's being stored in rock if if your traffic has those query string parameters we're we're, we're keeping all that so all of that is available. I mean, I think we can get, you know, the majority, the, the 80% of the stuff you want in Google Analytics, I think the data is already in there mm. on, on interactions.
1: So basically what you're saying is if, if there are churches out there that really hadn't thought about this yet, but now hearing this, they're like, wow, yeah, we, I don't want my information on Google, but I want this, this, and this to let us know.
2: Yeah, and if, if you had some funding, that would help prioritize it too. I think the one thing we could never do, though, is we couldn't like, tie that into the advertising like if you're using right. using Google Ads oh. and you want to tie the effectiveness yeah. of the ad to, yeah, you know that's going to be difficult because um, we don't have that data. But you could you can pass that stuff in through your ads. Like you can pass the 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 marketing, you know, keys over, and then you can track that. We've actually done that on on some stuff. We've put up some ads for employment, and we've passed that in, and we've caught it on the other side, and and re- and did some specific reports just on that. Mm-hmm. So there is some stuff you can do, um, but I would question like, is again, is it worth it? like that's kind of good stuff. that's like it makes us feel cool because we're doing all the cool SEO stuff that our secular friends are doing. but is it worth the privacy concerns and and are we really making that big of a decision on it? Um, I know in our case, we didn't use it. we used the, the the terms that came through, and it was more than enough. Like we mm-hmm. knew on this page, this much traffic came from the Google ad. that mm-hmm. was pretty easy to see.
0: Wow, that is some exciting stuff coming up, and some big questions to consider. So, thanks for sharing enough of that for people to start kind of pre-thinking. And as you mentioned, preload your content in Rock. Um, you know, we do have a lot of requests from the churches that we work with about certain things they'd like to have done in their, uh, especially their external pages of Rock. And the and if the content's not there, that's just one more hurdle to jump over before it's ready to go.
2: Yeah, and with 13 coming out, a big piece of that is getting their media set up. Like media is a new feature within 13, and so it's been fun and rewarding to get help churches get their media. um, You know, from from Vimeo where they've, or or High Vision or YouTube, wherever they've had it before, getting that converted into media within Rock, so that we can get all that analytics. Um, It's really cool to to see that in play. It's not too super hard to do, and then once you there, once you're there, you have all these this data that you can you know, ex- change people's experiences and see how people are interacting with that, that media.
0: And if you're listening and you don't know any more about media analytics than that, check out our blog. It was not too long ago that we posted a video that had a summary of all the V13 features that were added. So there's more details there about media analytics. And we strongly suggest that you check that out.
2: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Uh, speaking of v13, we also had some new um, profile protection features that came out, and that um, have really good reasons for the for that being the case in v13. But might be a little bit confusing for some people running into them for the first time. So we've been kind of paying attention to the community chatter and picking up on some of the questions, so we could bring those here to the podcast and provide some additional answers.
2: Yeah, and that's another area where really the stewardship is so important to consider as you work through this as a rock administrator. It's not just should I flip this on and off because I want to? You have to think about you know, what is the ramifications for that? So, as Rock has gotten more powerful and had more things that it could do, and as the world's become more and more of a you know, security minded, which is good, we've realized that we need to put some more Options into the hands of the administrator, and there's some things that we shouldn't really do. It might have been okay in the past because it wasn't such a, a powerful tool, and you know, security just gets more and more important. Um, so it wasn't like a, a decision we thought was a binary one, like allow it or don't allow it. It became like let's let's not allow it by default, but let people adjust it, and that's where we created these security profiles. So basically it's just like going through a database and saying not everybody's equal in terms of their um ex- access to rock or the, or their capabilities in rock. So let's let's classify each record, person's record, as what is the security profile of this record? Is it high? Is it extreme? Are they a staff person? Mm-hmm. Like a staff person, holy cow, be careful. Like if someone hijacks that account.
0: Oh, all the things they'd have access to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. An administrator is basically going to have like everything right so yeah. we need to protect those <clears throat> accounts really well now someone who's just has a, a name in their in their data in the database i mean that's kind of important Still, we don't want to get that to get out but it's not the same access level and so you might be willing to take uh add a little bit more power to that you know ability so when i say power maybe like allow them to send uh, allow the church to send them a tokenized link that they can click on that automatically knows who they are You know, if they were Mm -hmm. to forward that to a friend and their friend were to click on it, well, okay, they have their name. That's not good, but they don't have complete carte blanche access to the database. Like that would be horrific. Yeah. So we're just putting these levels in. And so you'll see those levels on the person profile page. Now you have to see it on the person profile page. We kind of purposely didn't (laughs) make it optional. And there has been some pushback about that, and I I get that. Like, it is a little like startling, I would say maybe is a good word when staff sees that. But that's intentional. People need to understand that, and I I think there has been some thought. Well, like, my staff don't understand it, and they're never going to understand that, Mm -hmm. and they just don't care. It's like, okay, I get that. We we understand that, but they need to care. Because the biggest security hole in any organization the is the staff. Yep. Yep. I mean, go to any security expert, they'll tell you that. There's whole services that will like, send out phishing schemes to your staff just to see how many of them will click on a link that would have downloaded a virus, and then they'll tell you that.
1: Right. It's not because of malicious intent. It's because of accidental mm. stuff that a staff member inadvertently exposes their account somehow.
2: Yeah, and it's some—it's kind of like ignorance in the in of this new stuff, and we have to train them as a professionals. Like, they don't just doesn't just grow in their heads; it has to be communicated and educated. And um, this is another thing. So, I would ha- strongly encourage you not to hide it. I, I have seen maybe a few people talking about perhaps putting CSS in to hide it. I think that's a very bad idea. Yeah. That's the kind of idea I think in the future someone could come along and see that. And not be too happy that, mm-hmm. you know, that was done. And remember, the first time you see something like this, yeah, it's it's shocking and it's different. And, and that makes sense. But think it through. Like, it's a new thing. So let it digest a little bit. And I think it's super important to have that conversation. And I would get in front of your staff at a staff meeting and say, hey, I'd like to do a presentation on, like, security. Not only talk about these account profiles, but talk about phishing schemes and say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you're going to get these things. Throw up some example emails. I mean, some of them are pretty good. I, I've almost clicked on a few of them, um, and some of them are legit and they're real. And I'm still doubting it because I'm like, well, I'm not sure about this. I don't <laughs> know if I want to click on this.
1: Yeah. So staff meeting, a lunch and learn, and then take those items and put them into your onboarding process
2: so they catch the new
1: staff members as they come in.
2: Yeah, and it really should be like a yearly thing that you get from your staff and go through it. Yeah. Um, it's and then maybe that there are some services. You know, I know Justin at IT OneSource has mm-hmm. has done that we've part we've partaken in that too like we have a very for the most part technical staff but it's always going to be a reminder for us because of the types of work we do and the types of act the data that we have access to we want to make sure that we're on the cutting edge of that of that training um so back to the account profile so it, it allows you to grade each account in, in terms of a accessibility fear and then it can allow or disallow certain kind of capabilities. So you can say for someone in this category, I don't want to to allow tokenized links that allows them to log in automatically. You know, you probably don't want your um, rock administrator having those links because those links can get out. And and there's lots of options even with those links. You can make one time links. You can make th- links that expire. Yeah, yeah, do that. Like, <laughs> but at a certain point, maybe you shouldn't do it at all. Um, and so again, it's a new feature. So there has been some, you know, talk back and forth. Well, I'm just going to enable all of it back to where it was. Because of merges. Some right. people
1: were like, well, I don't I don't want to disable the ability to um, create duplicates. Or I don't want to create duplicates. Don't want to create duplicates, right. But you don't want a duplicate of a staff member, really.
2: Yeah. And the duplicates in the merging capability, that that's another thing we put a lot of time into. So there's big, huge, strong warnings like, hey, this is a staff person. You don't merge this data unless you're absolutely certain of it. And again, that's good. What I would say on the merge thing, and I know I know Nick, you, you you're on the same page too, is like mm, duplicates happen. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's life. <laughs> yeah, it's a convenience thing. It's like you can have good convenience for yourself mm-hmm. and have no duplicates, or you can have good convenience for the person and have duplicates. Personally, my my take is train people to merge your duplicates for you. Get volunteers there are trust me i've done it there are volunteers who actually love doing that Um, they're not necessarily the most common volunteer but there are people who are high seas high detail maybe who can um only can work from home which you don't maybe trust at first but bring them in train them get the trust get them to sign a document and once they've built that trust i mean we had we had one of those at, at ccv she was so good I would sometimes intentionally try to create a duplicate so I could do some testing. And before I could get to my testing, she'd already have it merged, and I had to I'd have to call her and say, "Hey, can, just hold off on these because I, I I'm I'm actually intentionally doing it." And she just felt that that was her one piece of ministry that she could do that she was really good at, and she loved it. And there, she's not the only one out there. So, but understand, and and I think before clicking all the buttons and putting it back to default, take the stewardship minds. The mindset and say, hey, it's not my preference. It's not my call. What is the right thing to mm-hmm. do? If I really want to protect this data, um, maybe have a conversation and try to explain it to your next level up and try to get some input. Um, because we're never going to be able to go to the next step in digital ministry if we don't start taking a stewardship mindset and start talking about things and the ramifications of things and not mm-hmm. just thinking about necessarily say what's best for me and, and my merges and my duplicates but what's best for these people's data like at a certain point no one wants to have to go talk to people and say yeah sorry all your contact information and your giving yep. uh, history was uh you know downloaded S- yeah seen by someone else so uh again those features were we put a lot of time into them uh we had we'd have ratcheted them to the tight level because mm-hmm. it's easier for you guys to go in there and release them a, than it is for us to to put it in as weak and have to have you strengthen them right like as a as a software author you we we really need to kind of on the firm side mm-hmm. but that said, I wouldn't leave them the way they w- they were um I just think security is that important and at the very least, I can always go back to well. We kept it at the highest level. Like I'd want to report up to my my leadership. I kept it at the highest level, but if I weakened it down, that's not a message I'd like to tell them. Well, I lowered all, I lowered the security, and maybe that was it, and maybe it wasn't. But I still don't want to say that. I want them to think, well, I did the best I could.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And just to put a spotlight again on the word that you use there, you use stewardship in reference to data. A lot of times in the church world, we use stewardship associated with financial resources, but we are in many of our positions here in the rock community, stewarding people's data and it is critical. And we do need to approach it from that conservative, thoughtful perspective.
2: Yeah. And so even today, it got talked about from the account profile perspective, Mm -hmm. but also for, for the privacy in terms of like, who are we sharing this data with? right and again like why 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 share data with anyone if you if you don't have to
0: that's a great question and as you mentioned probably not one we'd want to have to go in front of a person whose data had been accidentally compromised and tell them well we you know we didn't put a lot of thought into it sorry we forgot about it or it, it just was easier for our team to deal with that way and we didn't want to change it. That's just not something you'd really want to have to tell someone.
2: Yeah. Back when I was doing communications at CCV, I would do this this kind of like mental test in my head. I'd try to write it as a newspaper art, a headline and then feel like, do I want to defend that? Right. Now that can go to the extreme in, in weird ways, but and it's not that you always use that as your measure, but it it's another way of kind of thinking at it another way, like church lowers security profile and, you know, weekend security profile <laughs> settings and, you know, breach happens. Like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to read that in the paper. Um, Church shares data with Google and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, it's a trade Is So I would say, well, is the, is the value I'm getting back worth it?
0: Mm-hmm. It's a risk-reward scenario.
2: Yeah. And I can say what, what we were doing at that time, it was not worth it. Like, we got a few pretty charts and maybe some slightly better linkage and graphs for some ads that we probably would have done anyways, if we didn't have those. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we hope that answers some of the questions that have come up inside the community and do realize we love to answer questions in the podcast. So if you have any additional questions, send those over to our email address, info at And we'll take a look and try to uh, weave some answers in and some topics that help, um, answer your questions, and meet your needs. Additionally, there have been some questions that come up about the best way to update your system. So what is the best version update plan, one that won't create issues for you? Do you have a sandbox how do you um, approach the, the idea of updating to a new version? Some churches look at that and say, you know, I really only want to update uh, every so often. Like, I'm going to have an update plan. We do it once a year. Uh, other churches say, well, it, it looks like it's in production. It's ready to launch on my uh, production server. Ready, go. What are some of the best practices around updating that, that you could share with the community, John and Nick?
2: I think the first one is always know what's the latest secured update. And there's always going to be one for the latest release and there's always going to be one for at least one release behind that, major release behind that. So you have to, have to, have to be on that release or better. If you're not, you're hurting yourself greatly and you're putting yourself at risk. After that, it becomes a little bit more optional of like what you need. Um, You know, I would first say that every person should know what's in the latest releases not to know that you're basically making a decision that we have no data, like you're not making a decision. You're just not acting. So always read Cause there's, there might be something in there that's going to click with something. One of your, your, your colleagues is talking mm-hmm. about. It's like, Oh, if you want that, well, there's a new feature. It does exactly that. Let's, let's, let's expedite this a little bit. Um, at that point, I think it's just trying to determine like how, how new do you want to be? Um, I do think that there's two ways that come about that. There's an honest reflection of what, where can you be and how many resources can Mm -hmm. you put into that? And then there's on the other side of that is like, well, how much effort do you want to put in? And I I think when it comes to effort, you got to put that off the table. Like we should always be giving highest effort because these are tools that help your ministry and you shouldn't be a hindrance to that so from an effort perspective now there's an, a fair evaluation of resourcing like if you're one person you're in you're a church of like ten thousand, and you have you know 200 staff okay well you may not be able to always keep up but make sure that you're making that decision based on what can what can i put effort into to make sure that my ministry has the best newest tools and and features versus you know what what feels good to me And Mm
1: -hmm. I would add in that situation, it's super easy to at least get some of your staff leads, ministry leads to go look at the pre-alpha site. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, this is what we could have. Go look at that new feature in the finance under the finance tab on a person profile. Exploring the features on the pre-alpha site are, is, is almost free. Like it just takes a little time.
2: Yeah. You've got the documentation, you got the pre-alpha, you know, show them to that, them to it. But no, that, if they like it, you're going to be doing some work, right? and that's <laughs> right. okay. Like that's what we, that's what we get paid for. We're here to serve Jesus, like, mm-hmm. and we serve Jesus by helping them yeah. get the best features and support the staff and make them like incredibly productive and and uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like why wouldn't you if you could sharpen their sword and that's your job as the armor? Like why wouldn't you sharpen their sword? Yeah, it's real pain, right? And who wants to sharpen something? But it makes them much more effective in battle. So. Yeah, that, and that's a great point. Like the pre-alpha is there. Um, just do know that people do some unholy things to pre-alpha, <laughs> so it's not always like it's not always like exact what you're going to see. So true.
1: And we uh, we have also moved the demo site up to closer to the latest version. So I think mm-hmm. it's running the version thirteen. And you could upgrade it. You if you want, you want to upgrade it to version thirteen too. Go on to the demo site and hit the update button.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I spend. Most of my time in pre alpha, like you said, but sometimes it is like someone's done something to it. So I'll head over back over to the demo site. (laughs) And um, so just know that, like, don't show it to your staff the day of you're going to show it to them. Go check it right before the meeting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It'd be kind of embarrassing to get in there and say, oh, it doesn't work. Um, Or make some recordings and screenshots. Because we
0: wipe the demo site daily, right? But the pre alpha site is on a different schedule every Mm -hmm. other week. Okay.
2: And it also is pre alpha. So legitimately, there are some bugs and bugs. that we're working through.
1: And things that you won't see until version fourteen, like the next major version. So
2: yeah, so definitely like know what's out there. I think is the next one, and um, then as it comes to, you know, keeping on the bleeding edge, that's another thing that you just kind of need to look at. It, if you're, you know, lucky enough to have resources like a sandbox, I think it's much easier. You can just upgrade your sandbox. Mm-hmm. I would I would have a star team of of staff who kind of help you like look at the new features. Like go find the top administrator in every single um, team and have them be a part of of your little superstar team and get them looking at that and engaging in that and making sure that they're signing off on like, yeah, I've tested these types of things and everything looks good. That gives you more peace of mind. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, then I would say, well, you know still know what's in there, still try to stay up to date, but I would probably let a few months go by so when thirteen came out, I'd probably, okay, well, I'm gonna keep my eye on the the chat and I'm gonna kinda take some temperature readings off of that. And I'll probably wait a few months. And when and when thirteen two is out, you know, it's probably safer now to for me to step in there without a sandbox mm-hmm. and 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 kind of take that that risk. Now there are some ways that you can, you know, go immediately back to where you were if you know your Azure tools. Um, but you know, if you wait a few months, get a few dot releases under your belt. Yeah, you you're you're gonna be okay.
0: Yep, and of course, don't um, push that button on like a Friday.
1: Oh boy,
2: no, no, that would be
1: Monday, Tuesday are the best days. Wednesday,
2: maybe. Yeah,
1: depending on what you have going on Wednesday night. (laughs) Right
2: now, some people have asked too, like, well, how what what jumps can you take? And I'd say, don't don't worry about that. Know where you want to go. Like, if I want, if I'm on. 12.7, 127 and I want to go to 133. Okay, well I know where I want to go and the update block will take you there. You just have to, yes. sometimes you have to make intermediate stops and there's some technical reasons why we put those stops in, but that's okay. Just update to that one. It'll reset, update again and you'll get to 133 in the quickest way possible that we can technically yeah. get you there. Yeah, Great.
1: and you know maybe also wait a minute after you've updated, you know, give it a second to catch up and fully restart Fully run jobs. It might be running after the update because we moved some things into the post-update process. So don't feel like you have to like rush. Click, 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 click. It's always just safe. I'm I'm paranoid, so (laughs) that's how I operate.
2: Yeah, but the the update block will lead you on that path. Just keep hitting update until you're at the place you want to be. Um, But definitely, you have to know what the latest security secured version is. Um, We don't have security releases very often but you need to know when they come out and
1: it is right there on the release notes page right on the side upper corner tells you which is the secure version Mm -hmm.
0: and of course that's just rockrms.com slash release notes so it's easy to get to, easy to find. And then what we've been doing for the last couple of versions, two or three, I think, is that video that I mentioned earlier, where we summarize the features that are coming out with a little bit more dialogue behind them rather than just a line. So when a major version is released, look for that video on our blog as well. So you can get a little bit more insight and and some visuals behind that uh, if you want to have that additional information.
2: Yeah, and I would really see that. That video should really be like a exciting thing. It should be. It's basically here are all the new powerful tools for you to do ministry, and for you to communicate and get that out to your staff and colleagues so that they can go to battle.
0: It's the latest version unboxing video, really,
2: because yeah, it, it exactly. shows
0: you, it walks you through it, it shows you what you're looking at, and it, it is very exciting.
2: I think it, you know, it's a lot of time gets put into that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's well over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we do that. Before it's a video, we do it on our staff to to train them and to get feedback so that we can make the video even better. Yep.
0: Great. Well, that answers a lot of really good questions in the community. And also, if you want if questions about rock itself answered, we have a lot of classes coming up that are tailored to you right where you are. So if this spring you're looking for additional rock instruction, you can find it at... Um, our 100 class. So our basic entry class is Rock 101, 102. It is a, a survey class that kind of gives you some some guided videos to watch on certain days. Those are videos currently available on the site, but you know how it is. It's much easier to have someone telling you what to watch that when, To get through them. And then the great part about this is you have a rock instance you can play around with while you're learning and a rock instructor on a daily basis for two weeks um, for a scheduled time where you can ask questions related to the content you've consumed that morning. So that survey class is fantastic if you're looking at rock. Um, If you have new staff, that will interact with rock in some ways, and you want them to really have a, an understanding of what it all, all is. It's not just a groups tool or just a check-in tool. Um, there's a, a quite a bit more there. And the investment is a little bit lower than, say, the master class. But we do have a master class coming up as well. Uh, that's May 10th. And um, so make sure that you're you're looking for that. If you're ready, you have a new person coming on that's a rock admin. Um, you're new or you just haven't gotten around to that class and you want to fill in some gaps. That's a great class to go to. And then finally, the next level from that, if you want to, is a SQL for Rock class that takes you down into the data structure of Rock. This is for people who know Rock and don't really know much about SQL. will help get you up and running. That's coming this summer, uh, or I'm sorry, this uh, spring, April 19th. So it's coming up. Make sure you get registered. And we have um, just really begun seeing registrations start coming in for Rx. So I know a lot of people started budgeting around December. We're seeing our registrations start moving now. And we've had to adjust our room block already. So if you're planning to come to RX, don't put off your ticket purchase. Go ahead and get that in and do your room reservation at the same time. We are for sure going to be spilling over into other hotels for this event. So if it's important to you to be right on site, and we did that last year, it was really convenient and really fun. Uh, Just make sure to get those rooms booked soon.
2: Yeah, it's so nice to have it right on site. It really is. Go upstairs and you're there.
0: Convenient, fun. Plus the lobby was just full of people. All night. All hours. Just a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to the event this year.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the podcast is really important to us and we want to make sure that um, we can celebrate that and honor those who listen to it and try to get a few more people. So we have a little special promotion for this podcast and uh, we have a special chip sticker for you guys who listen to the podcast. It's a Mr. chip sticker and really the theme of it is i pity the fool who doesn't subscribe to to the rockcast podcast (laughs) so because you're listening to this you now have the secret information of how Mm -hmm. to get this sticker for free and you just need to go to the rock website rockrms.com slash pity the fool all lowercase no spaces pity the fool (laughs) And you can put your name and information in there to and we'll send you um, the sticker for free. So here's the deal, though. You can't tell other people Mm-mm. about this link. You can tell people about this podcast and they can listen to the podcast, get to this segment of the podcast, and they'll realize that they need to go do this. But you can't. This, this is like community no. honor system right here. Don't break Chip's heart.
1: So when they see <laughs> that sticker in their office... Yes, what, they just have to say, "Yeah, it's a special thing I got."
2: Yeah, at least for now, for in the, the in the early part, it's a, it's an exclusive sticker. Who knows where it goes? Now there's a limited time frame for this, so you want to go do this as at, as you hear this. But if you're listening to this six months from now, sorry. Um, but so please do spread this to other people. Just tell them, "Hey, there's something in the podcast you're going to want to listen to." it might be interesting don't tell them it's at the very end no don't just tell them skip that. to the end yeah but this is a way for us to just celebrate those who do listen to the podcast and also help you guys have a tool to encourage others um, to listen to the podcast
0: that is super fun and I know people are going to be scrambling right now to see what that looks like I hope so that's right. Well, thank you so much for being our faithful listening audience, for tuning in and for allowing us to share some things with you. Please do feel free at any time to send us additional questions or insights about the podcast to our info email um, address. We will keep an eye out for that, add that content to future podcasts, and we look forward so much to hearing from you. So thanks for tuning in and we will come back next time with more information. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.